So Yaakov heads out towards Eretz Yisrael, the land that would be named after him, Israel. But we haven't said that story yet because he hasn't been given name Israel. That will be next week's parasha. In this place, he would carry out Hashem's directive to transform the physical world into his home. He puts his children, his wives, on the camels. He led away all his livestock together with all the possessions that he had amassed, the purchases he had made with the profit of the sale of his animal property, and all the good stuff he had that he had acquired in Padan Aram to go to his father Isaac in Canaan, who was still alive. Meanwhile, Lavan had gone off to share his flock, which were in the care of his sons, three-day journey from Jacob's herd. When Jacob's family set out, Rachel stole the idols that belonged to her father, hoping in, in this way to wean him from idolatry. That doesn't end well. Yaakov dupes Lavan the Aramean by not telling him that he was fleeing. And he run, fled, but didn't really run because he had to travel very slowly with all he owned, and he set out and across the Euphrates River, heading towards Mount Gilad in the Holy Land. On the third day after Jacob left, Lavan was informed that he had fled. So on the fourth day, he took along his kinsmen and pursued them for a distance of seven-day journey, catching up with him at nightfall on Mount Gilad. So basically, Rashi actually explains that Yaakov was three-day distance away from him. So it took three days for um, Asaph to be informed by Lavan. Um, sorry, it took Lavan three days to be informed that Yaakov was gone. So now it's already... Yaakov was already three days distance by the beginning, and now he's three days further distance by the journey. So it's a six-day distance, and Lavan caught up to him in one day because Lavan was just traveling on horseback, or whatever he was traveling on, but he didn't have a large family and lots of things. Lavan was furious, and he planned on killing the whole family, including his children and grandchildren. But Hashem appeared to Lavan and dreamed that night and said to him, Be aware of speaking to Yaakov, either with good or bad intent. Even if you decide to speak nicely to him, you have proven yourself so evil that he would rather not have anything to do with you. Next morning, Lavan overtakes Yaakov's entourage. It doesn't exactly say uh, how the reaction was, but I imagine it wasn't great. Yaakov had already pitched his tent on the mountain. Lavan with his kinsmen also sent, set up his camp on Mount Gilad. Lavan said to Yaakov, What have you done? You fooled me and led my daughters away like prisoners of war. Why did you flee so hiding, deceiving me, telling me nothing? Why have you told me you... Have you told me you wanted to leave? I would have sent you off with rejoicing songs or drums and instruments. You did not even let me kiss my grandsons and daughters. You have now acted foolishly and shall suffer the consequences. It is within my power to do you harm, and I actually did intend to kill you and your whole family. But Hashem of your father, God of your father, spoke to me last night and said, Be aware of speaking with Yaakov either good or bad intent. So tell me, why did you depart this way? I cannot fathom this because you longed repeatedly over the last six years for your father's home, but you never attempted to flee. You always discussed the situations with me. And I explained to you why it was worth staying. And you have done well. I've made you very wealthy.
And why did you steal my gods? Why are you stealing my gods? Yaakov responds and says, in the order of Levant's questions, I fled because I was afraid. I thought you might take your daughters away from me by force. For your idols, amongst anyone in my household who you find your gods, will not live. That wasn't the right thing for Yaakov to say because unfortunately that caused Rachel to die. Because he said he or she who stole it will not live. And Rachel did not, Yaakov did not realize that Rachel had stolen it. So Lavan enters Rachel's tent first. And after that, he enters Leah's tent. He then searches Rachel's tent a second time. Finally, he searches the tent of the two bondswomen. He finds nothing. Why did he go into Rachel's tent again? Because he knew that uh, Rachel was a rummager. And she was the most likely culprit. Now Rachel had taken the idols and placed them inside the camel's saddle and sat on them. So when Lavan rummaged through the entire tent, he found nothing. She said to her father, let my lord not be upset. I cannot rise for you, for it's my time of the month. Basically, like, respect me and don't ask me to get off the um, camel. What's interesting to me in this story I've never really understood is why does she not throw it out? Um, during the many days that she was already on the journey? Why was she taking it with them? Was she planning on destroying it somewhere? Was she planning on throwing it in the river? I'm not sure about that. Yaakov was angered, and he took up his grievance with Lavan. He spoke up, and he said like this, like a son-in-law who finally wants to get his peace. What's my crime? What's my guilt that you've hotly pursued me? You've gone through all my belongings. You've found nothing. Place it here in front of my kinsmen and yours and let them adjudicate the dispute between the two of us. In other words, let's just move on. During these 20 years I've been with you, your ooze and she-goats never miscarried, nor did I ever eat a ram from your flock. I never brought you an animal maimed by a wild beast, even though I was required to absorb its loss. I would bear its loss because you would unfairly exact its value from my hand. I absorbed the loss of every stolen animal, whether it was stolen by day or by night. This is how I existed. I was consumed by day by scorching heat, and at night by frost and sleep deserted my eyes. It has now been 20 years in your household. I worked for you 14 years for your two daughters, 6 years for your flocks. You changed the conditions of my repayment a 100 times. If the God of my father, the God of Avram, and the object of Yitzchak's awe had not been with me, you would now have sent me off empty-handed. But God saw my plight and the toil in my hands, and he rebuked you last night. Why did Yaakov not refer to Hashem as the God of Yitzchak? Because Yitzchak was still alive, and Hashem does not usually refer to himself as the God of a person during his lifetime, although we did mention that Hashem did feel comfortable to do so at the beginning of the parsha because Yitzchak was blind. But I guess Yaakov wasn't aware of that consequence. So, the Aliyah ends in the middle of this confrontation.